0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Big Orange podcast. This is the second part of the second episode, So You Want to Sell Online. Um, In the previous episode, Helen and I went through the top 10 tips for starting to sell online. Uh, Make sure you go check that out before you listen through to this one, but if you're ready to go, then so are we. We've got some awesome facts and figures here that we've sort of compiled over the last couple of years um, about e-commerce and and selling online in general. Um, What have you managed to find, Helen?
1: Well, let's start with our provider of choice. In the US, uh, WooCommerce takes up 23% of e-commerce platform market share, followed by Shopify and Wix. Uh, so that's 23 21 and 15% respectively. Wow. So we obviously choose the market leader for e-commerce platforms. It plugs into WordPress, which is obviously a CMS that loads of people are mm. used to using. So if you're already familiar with it, it's just an extension of that. It's obviously well-developed, it's well-supported, it has regular updates, it is very secure, but it also gives you loads of flexibility. It's If someone says, oh, I'd really like to have this option, this option, this option, we can almost always build that in for them. Whereas if you're looking at a Shopify or a Wix, it is great if you are a one-man band and you're going to be taking on everything yourself, but it's just something to consider that, Although the fees may look quite small to begin with, I think once you start trying to build on them, you might either find that it gets a bit more expensive or you might be quite restricted by what they offer.
0: And that's an interesting point, obviously. So looking at those top three then, they take on over 50% uh, of the, the market at that, at that point in, in, yeah. in those upper echelons. And I guess that you're saying the flexibility of WooCommerce. One would presume, obviously, if you're starting, if we're offering advice um, for some businesses that are going to potentially start out as one-man bands, would you suggest potentially using Wix and Shopify just to, in those initial stages? Um, but then obviously, if you're expanding or you're in a place where you do have, you need that sort of uh, um, level of specificity when it comes to certain areas of uh, e-commerce that uh, WooCommerce is the one to go for?
1: I think especially for clients who are coming to Big Orange Media, we feel that a system that gives them the most flexibility and the most future-proofing for their business is always going to be the best. You wouldn't want to be running a shop for a couple of years and then be like, I have to build the whole thing over again in a different system just because you've sort of hit a, a wall of limitations. So it's always good to consider ahead where you might wanna go with your store um, in the future, just so you don't feel hindered in in a relatively short space of time.
0: You don't, you don't fall foul of things that uh, potentially didn't think of initially. I guess.
1: Exactly, yeah. And that's another great point, is that you might suddenly have a great idea one day and go, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if we added that onto the website? Um, and sort of working with an agency like Big Orange Media, you know, we can be super flexible um, in providing that service for you.
0: Um, this this fact here, I thought, is absolutely fantastic, and and also I'm actually quite encouraged by this. Um, an overwhelming eighty four percent of people will not make a purchase online if they're dealing with an unsecure website, um, and it I think. I don't know whether it's because I uh, hadn't considered this before in terms of the the greater public understanding what uh, a secure or a non-secure website would be, Um, but uh, presumably the little padlock in the top corner there which uh, allows shops to run and have car details dealt with securely and all that sort of thing is imperative, certainly with 84%. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think nowadays uh, you'd struggle to go onto any website without an SSL certificate Mm. um, now that I think... uh, Google and Firefox have been uh, very uh, upfront in their letting you know that a website is unsecure and and not even mm. letting you visit it if if that if that is the case. But it, yes, so the minimum you'll want is a basic SSL certificate. But for e-commerce shops, we tend to advise uh, that you go for a slightly higher security certificate. Um, you may notice in a lot of web shops it says "secured by." brand name inserted here that's Mm. normally goes in the checkout or the footer again it just encourages people to know that their information is encrypted so they have a a sense of uh, security handing over their card details when making a purchase
0: Absolutely. And for reputation's sake, that's that's paramount. And it's certainly in the steps that we mentioned um, earlier, that falls under everything from payment provider uh, and legal um, yes. all the way down to obviously the feedback that you receive from a client yeah. to ensure that that information, that that, that, that SSL is in place um, and that everything is above board.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really. It's really, really important.
0: Okay. Uh, what other facts have you got for us?
1: So one thing people might not consider is overall how low conversion rates may be. The average e-commerce conversion rate varies from 3 to 4%. Which doesn't sound like a lot. Um, me.
0: So, what does that mean in terms of conversion rate? Sorry.
1: So that will mean people who visited the website. How many of those actually completed a purchase? Uh, gotcha. So, I think it's just something to be quite realistic about when you start your store. Um, this is why we emphasise the promotion and marketing alongside. If you don't have any of that and you just send your store out into the wild, it, you're you're likely not to get anything near to that conversion rate so it's really important to encourage to be conversational with your uh, with your clients uh, with your customers and just you basically got to keep thinking of fresh ways to encourage people uh, to be to be making a purchase from you or to be repeatedly purchasing from you.
0: So that's obviously um, you could look at conversion rates, not only from the promotion uh, that you do to get them onto the website, but then also when they've landed on the website to actually make a sale to, 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 to for them to buy something. Um, yeah. And, pre- and presumably also in that three to four percent, then you're looking at anybody that lands on the site so you're going to want as we mentioned before the user experience to be nice and slick easy they can get to what they need to do they can find the product they want stick it in their basket get to the checkout and buy it as easily as possible to try and keep that rate as as high as possible but three to four percent that's encouraging for some people potentially who may be a bit disenfranchised with looking at it thinking oh no it's so low
1: yeah exactly so if we're getting above that then you're actually above average <laughs> fantastic but one thing to consider here is, is another, another stat we have, which is uh, optimizing the checkout process hmm. uh, throughout user testing and other means can increase conversion rates by 35%. So just focusing on optimizing your checkout alone can increase that conversion rate by 35%. Of the three to four percent that
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if that's if so, that's the hundred percent. You know, if you're talking about a hundred percent of the people that are buying things yeah. from you, that's still you know that could be quite a lot, and exactly. uh, depending upon the, the traffic on your site. And I suppose that's a good thing as well to mention here as well is that obviously once you built your website and you get going, as we know, the world turns pretty quickly and things change quite frequently. So. I presume you're going to want to keep on top not only um, on the latest uh, in, in technology to ensure that you've got you're up to snuff with, with certainly what you said that with Google um, and Firefox and, and other br- browser providers, making sure that the shop is, is open and available and, and up to the correct um Mm, sort of protocols yeah. yeah and standards absolutely um but also um in terms of the way that the site looks and operates um so it's not just a case of there we are my site's up and running my e-commerce section of the site's up and running it's going to be like this time immemorial it's not going to change um you do actually need to be sort of referring to it constantly and and i think that optimizing that word is is, is vital
1: yeah uh, in a previous life i'd spent many days looking at a checkout optimization for a, a website redesign. Um, and, you know, you could go down loads of different avenues. This was obviously for a much larger e-commerce store, but it's mm. whether you offered guest checkout and then exact, Uh, The example I gave before of progressive disclosure, Mm. are you going to want to offer click and collect, which is another layer of information? Then you're going to have to have all your stores loaded for people to choose from. Are you going to want to show them a map where those stores are? Are you going to want to do postcode location? Do you want to do that just for finding their address, typing in that uh, postcode to make it easier so you don't have to enter your address every single time? It's all these little things that make people's life slightly easier So, again, that whole checkout process is just a little bit more seamless.
0: Presumably, it's different depending upon what industry you're working in. If you're looking at regular conversion rates once they get to the checkout and finding out potentially that your clients are interested in uh, that progressive disclosure thing that you mentioned, or whether actually they're happy just to have all that information in one place and just go, right, here's the form. I'm going to stick it all in. I'm ready to go.
1: Exactly. Speaking of industry, um, uh, we recently uh, rebuilt the Basil Whole Foods website. Mm. So they had the option of collecting your order in the store. So you had to have the store options to choose from, or you could have it delivered to you. But then obviously... Delivery to different distances cost uh, them uh, different amounts to deliver it to the customer. So it's then plugging in different radiuses for different costs. So again, it's something to think about upfront because those are going to be slightly more technical things to be putting into your checkout but something that is very much achievable.
0: Uh, well, last little fact here I think it's a good one to finish on and, and, and actually collects quite well with, with what you've just said um, and it's certainly something that I see and um, we've mentioned previously um, with the trust um, between the customer the client um, and you the merchant the person that's selling on the e-commerce side is um, unexpected extra costs is the number one reason shoppers abandon their carts and that rings true for me absolutely Mm. if you're not up front with an additional cost that's going to come at the end of the process um that could be a killer thing
1: Yes, I think we're quite lucky in the United Kingdom that yes, uh, all our that. taxes are built in because <laughs> God knows how many times I've been shopping and gone, what, taxes added now? That's, yeah. that's made it considerably more expensive. Those guys in the um, States really don't know
0: what's going on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think I think for for UK, it tends to be a little bit easier in terms of tax but um, going right back to the beginning, it might be your shipping. You know, mm. if someone's ordering a £5 product, do they want to be paying £5 for shipping as well? You've exactly. just doubled the cost that they're they're paying for the product. And I think that would be a perfect example of people abandoning it. You're going to want to offer them either free delivery or something very affordable for something that is not costing them that much in the first place.
0: I think also it will probably help with your um, the optimization process because cart abandonment, and I know this is something I've, I've, I've spoken or I've seen uh, a number of people talk about um, as a major issue. Um, and, I, and and seeing that being the number one reason it completely makes sense to me. But also it just means that if you're up front with the cost uh, as much as you can be with the information that you've been provided by the, the customer that's on, on your e-commerce platform. In terms of whether it's gonna cost more money to go further, certainly what you're saying with Basil, etc., and and, and and other types of costs that will come in, it means that your your abandonment rates are gonna be a lot lower if you're honest up front. If you're giving exactly. that information already, people aren't gonna people are gonna be potentially switched off by it at the point they see it before they even get into the checkout.
1: And also if it's unfeasible for you to provide um, a lower sh- rate of shipping, then you've got to give the user something back. Maybe it's a Spend fifty pounds, and you will get free shipping mm. um so then it's an encouragement for the user um to spend that little bit more, so that shipping is of value to both you and them if you if you physically can't get the get the cost down anymore.
0: What about a free sports direct mug?
1: No, can't do that. <laughs> can't do that Matthew <laughs> okay, cool.
0: Uh, cool. So uh, moving on into this sort of last section here now, uh, we've we've got our, our 10 commandments, if you will, of uh, e-commerce. <laughs> um, we've looked at some awesome facts and figures. Uh, now you're online, you're selling, you're ready to go. Um, what other sorts of things uh, should we be considering now that we're up and running?
1: So we're kind of going back onto one we spoke about when you're setting up, but uh, now you're going to be wanting to reinforce it and that's promotions and discounts. As we said, you can lead a horse to water and all that, but you might want to... off your first order, buy two, get one of them free or cheaper, or as we said, buy a certain amount to get free shipping. You can't just sort of let your store run forever and hope that I mean, I'm sure there are some stores that manage it without promotion, mm. but I'd say most people need to encourage every so often. Or oh, seasonal sale. You might have a bit of extra stock left at the end of a season and you need to get rid of it. Um, there's just going to be various times through the year that you just need to push promotions a little bit more to help keep people converting.
0: And I think that's important, yeah. I, that, As you say, if you're starting from the ground up, um, if you are an online business that's that's just started. Uh, creating uh, the product and, and I guess a fool is a good example of that actually um, insofar as uh, um, Angus uh, at, at yeah. a fall, um he uh, was creating this product pretty much from scratch through his own ideas um, and needed and, and is as uh, so far as I understand with some of the things that I've seen from his promotional material doing these these promotions and discounts um, in an initial pre-order phase to gain interest um, Exactly. and as you say unless you have something that uh, is, is already well known and, and doesn't need advertising unless you're selling cans of coca-cola i think yeah. that you're probably <laughs> going to need to do something
1: exactly i think people are a bit concerned about discounting items straight away because you're thinking hmm. oh but this is my this is my baby i don't want to give it away for free but uh you know i think uh, a slightly discounted uh, amount of quite a few sales is going to be more than a you know uh, no discounted no sales um exactly. so it's it's just weighing up the, the balance there but it doesn't have to be crazy it just has to be encouraging for people
0: cool uh what else is there
1: so you might also want to consider expanding away from your own website which might sound crazy i've just made my website why, why, why would mm. i want to go anywhere else Helen, you're mad uh, <laughs> 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 but um how many times have you bought uh, off amazon ebay or straight off facebook this year me Yes. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: I literally, okay, so this morning, this morning, yeah, this morning, yeah, this morning uh, I've been looking for a new phone case um, and I've been having and about it. And yeah, this morning, I just went straight through eBay. So I don't, I'm not even sure precisely where this is coming from other than eBay.
1: Exactly. So that retailer could well have it, their own online store, mm. online e-commerce store as well. Um, but uh, unfortunately now we've sort of been conditioned to go to two or three big Mm. Resellers um, uh, to make all of our purchases nowadays. So there are loads of different ways that you can link your website to these stores. Um, but it's just really, I think it's just really important to consider that I, there is such a huge uh, focus on Amazon and eBay um, that. You might be opening your your doors to a whole uh, sway of clients that hadn't even considered, you know, visiting your website, and they're just going to be searching this overall online supermarket. You know, we're, I'm looking for a suit jacket, for example. If you go on there and you've plugged your suit website into uh, into Amazon, then you're going to at least have a fighting chance of making another sale uh, via Amazon or eBay, uh, rather than just hoping that people will come. To your own website
0: i think one of the things actually that uh, uh, that i've noticed is that when it comes to sort of very sort of either significant or specific purchases if i have found them through amazon or through ebay um and i i note the name of the seller or i, I find more information out about it i personally do endeavor to try and find a website should they have one and i've also mm. found in certain cases so, so away from that so it's almost like amazon and ebay the introducer as it were Yes. Yes. And then, and then I go and find the website that's been created for them um, or that they, they, they put together and in some cases I've actually found that the prices have been slightly more um, you know either been slightly less or they've, they've offered discounts by being on the site etc just because you then practically have the, the range of things that they may not all put up on, on these mm. uh, these larger websites etc and also because you get an idea of what the company's about and I, I find that quite endearing I, it's something that I um, have have done on a, a number of, of different sort of trans Transactions or things that I mm. bought online that have meant more to me than just say, like I said, just now buying a phone case is just buying a phone case. But if it's something a bit more significant, like a Christmas present for somebody, or uh, yeah. something that's very bespoke, something that that individual would like, but I would find on even say, like on an Etsy or a Redbubble, yeah, for example. Yeah. Um, but they have their own site and they have more in in there than they would do on these these sort of aggregator
1: sites. Exactly, and I think that's another important thing is is don't underestimate your users' ability to do their own research. Mm. And I think uh, you've got to imagine how many times you've been stood in a physical store and thought, "I wonder if this is cheaper online." <laughs> and you've you've jumped on your mobile phone mm. and had a quick look on Google to see if uh, see if prices differ. Um, yeah, users will do their own research, so uh, they will have a look at other websites that are either selling the same item or similar items. Um, so yes, if you can offer them a better experience, a better price on your website, um, then. That will encourage them to come back in the future, you'd imagine.
0: Cool. So we've set up our sites. We have our 10 commandments. Um, We've also put in (laughs) their promotions and discounts to try and encourage people to come and also using those third party websites that we just mentioned uh, to spread your stock further online um, to places where people may already be shopping. Um, Are there any next steps to sort of wrap it up here um, in terms of what you would do now that you're online?
1: Yeah, I think the the last things are, are less to do with sort of the actual website itself. And it's just sort of generally running your business is, I think we touched on it before, which is your customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be in terms of the website. Like, do you want to offer a chat tool? I've got a question about this product. Ah, oh, I can see someone's online and I can chat to them straight away. This is obviously imagining Maybe you've got a couple of (laughs) staff on your team now. You've Mm. got people answering the phones. Um, But yeah, do you want to have someone available online that can answer immediate questions? Um, And as we said, that customer service is so important for retention of your customers because... You know, we have those bad experiences and say, I'm never shopping with them ever again. Mm. So it's just preserving that relationship with customers as much as possible. And the other thing would be sort of overall customer retention. And this pretty much touches all the 10 points that we looked at before. It's doing great emails. It's making sure you're in constant communication with them. It's updating your website. So you're basically offering the best of what you could be offering. And in terms of something like email marketing, uh, you've got to be considering all your types of customers. You've got a brand new customer who's just signed up uh, to your website. Do you want to do some welcome emails that sort of introduce your business and maybe gives them different offers and gives them a different flavour of the different areas uh, that they might be able to interact with. As we said before, you could start segmenting that list. Do you want to talk to your different clients and different customers in slightly different ways? Do you want to maybe start a members only club for a specific exclusive product so people feel a bit more special, you know, so they get unique experiences and products that no one else does so there are always ways that customer retention is evolving that you can offer that a a different experience that just means they keep coming back and going i want to shop with you over anyone else that's great
0: thank you very much helen for all of that um so you want to set online hopefully Those top 10 commandments and everything else that we've discussed with you uh, on this second Big Orange podcast is of use to you and help. Um, If you want to get in touch with us to have any more information or have conversations about this or anything else that Big Orange Media provides, uh, please do. You can get in touch with us. All our information is on the website and also uh, below uh, in this podcast. Uh, We're going to be doing podcasts once a month going forward. Um, Helen, I think you'll be on the next one. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Excellent. Uh, Don't forget you can follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and also check out our social media channels across linkedin instagram facebook and twitter uh, for all big orange updates and we'll see you again very soon cheers